We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have a three-round mock draft. Also, we have an exclusive interview with Detroit Lions linebacker Steve Longa all on episode 94 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 94 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Bet Online AG. And stay tuned for the later part of this episode. We have an interview with current Detroit Lions linebacker Steve Longa. So that was an awesome interview. So I would stick around for that. But before we do that, we got Pierre and Malcolm with us. How are you boys doing Ooh. today? I am good, living the quarantine life. Yes, sir, I'm, man. I'm good. You guys, getting, you guys getting sick of this yet, this quarantine? Yes, I am. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you guys. So, um, today's episode, we are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. Believe it or not, the NFL draft will not be in Las Vegas. It's going to be through a studio, through Twitch. I've heard so many scenarios. I don't know how the hell it's going to break down. But we're gonna, we'll see how it breaks down in two weeks. But for today's episode, we did this similar type episode last year where we did a mock draft a three-round mock draft of our personal picks we usually use the draft simulator of um draft network simulator so we use that platform to make our picks and have simulated picks of the other teams we just make the lions picks and we did a three-round mock and we're all going to break down all of our picks according to the draft network so this might not be too accurate because it's just whatever was there but uh, Pierre, we can start off with you. Who'd you end up in your three-round mock? We'll start off with your first-round pick. Who'd you get? My first-round pick is Jeff Okuda. 
obvious Chase Young was picked number two. Um, so I took Okuda at three. I mean, he just fills a need. Him and Amani in the future, the one and two, I, I'm so excited about that. So I think him and Amani as a one in future, number one, number two, could form like a deadly duo. Kind of like a Jalen Ramsey type AJ Boye duo. I see that with uh, Amani and Okuda in the future. So uh, that's another thing to mention but, uh, as we're doing this mock draft, we did no trades. No trades at all. So we're sticking with all the original line picks. So right. pick three, 35. 67, 85. So we're sticking with all the initial picks. But and then, uh, um, I, I know you're one of a candidate for wanting to trade back as well. For the right. Yep. So. Um, also with Okuda, he's like the best pure man cover guy. He's probably one of the best corners to come out since Jalen Ramsey or Patrick Peterson, I want to say. He's really good. He has really good footwork. Um, excels in man coverage. Detroit loves to do is good in the run game. Detroit also values that. So... I mean, he's a perfect fit. You put him in there, hopefully for the next 10 to 12 years, he could be your guy. I'm not going to let this slide. You just said Amani Oruwari and Jeff Okudas could be as good as what Jacksonville had in Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. That's a bold take right there. I do. You know, you know, I was high on Amani last year. <clears throat> yeah, this year I'm high on Okuda. I think, like, their potential, bro, it could be special. It really could. That's a, okay, I guess we'll see. You got J. Cole in the slot for the next three years as well. So, maybe... Okay, so who do you got with the second round pick at pick 35? So uh, round two, a guy I took in round two is Rock uh, Blacklock, I think you pronounce his name. Blacklock from TCU? Blake. From TCU, yeah, he's 6'3", 290, uh, ran a 4'9", pretty athletic. Um, he could rest the passer. So last year we saw that like when Daniels went down and when Hand went down, we were basically screwed. We, have no, we had no interior pressure. And, like, I'm still kind of concerned with Hand because he hasn't really proven he could stay healthy. Williams, I mean, he's a guy who's coming off five sacks, but he's 30 as well. So you kind of need, like, another guy in there. And I think Blacklock could be that guy. Um, he has good pad level. He has a good quickness of his initial snap. So we'll see. He has potential. I think he could be a really good player. Did you steal the good, the good pad uh <laughs> good pad look from Matt Patricia? <laughs> I mean, the pad like, level? The pad the level? Pad level? <laughs> not like not to not a steal from Patricia, but when you That's watch him on tape, <laughs> he has a pretty good pad level. So yeah. All right. Uh, so the Lions got two third round picks with their third round pick, not from the Darius Slade trade, but with pick 67. Who do you got the Detroit Lions selecting over there? So Robert Hunt uh, is my third round pick. He's a guard. He could also play tackle. He's more of a power guy. You know how they want to get better in the running game. Yeah. So, but he, he used to work a little on his pass pro, but I think he could become a good pass in pass pro as well. He needs to do better with his hand placement. I like him though. I think he could come in and start right away, kind of like how Larry Warford and Graham Glasgow came in. They had some questions, but they they've been solid starters. And this guy's versatile. You talk about the lines; they like versatility. This is the guy in the third round. If he's there, I think you should take him. So he's my guy. Robert so I got a, I got a question for you for Robert Hunt. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned he's a better run blocker than a pass protection guy. Would you? potentially put Joe Dahl at the right guard spot because Big V's obviously more of a run blocker, get a little more versatile, um, more pass pro. So you get, so the right side and pass protection is just not totally awful instead of, you know, have some balance a little bit, I guess you could say. I don't think he's bad in pass pro. I think he's okay, um, but he could be better, obviously. I don't know. Like, we'll see what the Lions do. If Joe, if like, whatever combination they do, but I think Dahl and whoever they draft probably will start. If they take one, like, in the first two days guard i think we're doll and whoever they start maybe they'll switch them 
we'll see what happens. But Joe Dahl was good in pass pro on the left side. So do you want to kind of confuse that and put him on the right side? It's a little different. We'll see. I think Vitae will be all right. I think I think it's a little premature to say that he's just going to be awful in the, as, in, in the pass protection. Yeah, well, not awful, but Taylor Decker, I think, is most definitely the better pass protection tackle on this team than Big Vitae. Um, so maybe you can get some more balance instead of just putting run st- or run blockers on one side and have more balance and you could because Joe Dollar is versatile as well. Who knows? Get one side that you can run block and just run to that side. So uh, my next guy is Bradley and I, third round pick, edge out of Utah. Um, senior bowl guy. That's when I kind of fell in love with him. I thought maybe he'd be better, but then his combine hurt him a little. I think that dropped the stock a little lower. Obviously, the Lions need a jack linebacker or, like, an edge presence, and this is what Anai is. He pressures the quarterback. He's not the most athletic guy. He's more like – he's not speed, but he uses power. You know what Patricia said in the senior bowl? People were freaking out, and I was freaking out, too, until I knew what he was saying. Um, it's more about power than speed, right? And this guy has power. So I think he'd come in, maybe not start right away, but maybe get some pointers from Collins, from the Tyrone McKenzie, and then throw him in there maybe, like, Later in the year, I don't know if he could start right away, but I think he could start like in the future. I think he has a bright future at edge. Okay, so you're looking at more as a traditional edge rusher or more of like a three-four jack linebacker? Um, he could do both, but maybe probably standing up might be a little better for him. I think, in my opinion, especially in the line scheme. So yeah. Okay. Nice. Gotcha. Uh, go, go through your your list one more time. Like, who's your guys? Okay, Okuda, round one. Round two is uh, defense tackle Blacklock. Round three is uh, Robert Hunt. And round four, I mean, the, the, the second the next third pick. round. Yeah, my bad. Uh, that's Bradley and I. I got you. Nice. So if you want, you don't have to. You don't have to have an answer for this. But do you have any sleepers that you want on day three? Yes. Okay. Do you have one? Specific- I don't know if they're sleepers, but, like, they're my guys. Um, like a day three pick. Like, it doesn't have to be a certain round, but just a day three pick you like. Yeah, can I give me? You can give me three two of them. Give me three. three. Okay, yeah, two man. running the more, backs. The more prospects, the better. AJ Dillon, more like a fourth round back. Maybe, maybe take him at third, um, 85. I wouldn't be shocked. He fits like what Bevel likes, you know. And then another guy later in the draft is uh, Josh Kelly. I kind of fell in love with him in the Senior Bowl as well. I didn't know much about him. Um, I just, I think maybe he's more of a fifth or sixth round pick. And then. Um, they added a lot of linebackers, but for whatever reason, this Logan Wilson kid, the more I watch him and the more I see him, and then after his combine, he's just like, he's a good player. Yep, like, know, for that where, value. Where would he go? Like, where would, we, where would he fit in the I team? Think the, I don't know, but, like, the thing is, our linebackers aren't also, like, the best linebackers. I don't know if they'll try to upgrade that, but I'm a fan of Logan Wilson. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of safeties I like in this draft, too, but it's like, where we, where would we put them? We have well, our safety right. room is loaded. You look after this year, I mean, Tracy Walker, you need to resign him, which you probably will re- or extend him. You got Will Harris, I mean, big year for him if he has a mm-hmm. – I mean, he's going to be on the team. I don't want to say prove it year, but, like, it's a big no, year for him. It's not a prove it It's not yeah, a big year. After year three will be a prove it year for him. But it's a big year for him. If he has another year like last year, let's say, then – last year. Well, I'm saying in the second half of the year after Diggs got yeah. traded. If he has that type of year, then he's going to have the T-Taper effect where he's going to have to compete in camp year three. He's not going to be a, a, roster, a roster lock on you know, year three. That's, that's just hypothetically. But you look after Will Harris, you look after Tracy Walker, 
you really got no you got no safeties under contract after at that point. Deron Harmon's a one year deal. Yeah, maybe they'll extend him. We'll see. We don't know. But yeah, as of right now, it's a one year deal. And right. All you got right now, you guys, Tracy and Will Harris under contract for. What about, what about oh Curse is that is on a one year deal too? One year deal. Who? Yeah, Curse? one year deal. Curse on a one year deal, and then C.J. Moore, I believe, will have one year, but we'll see if he even makes the roster this year. So yeah, after Tracy Walker, I mean, you don't have Tavon Wilson on your team right now. So after Tracy Walker and Will Harris, you have no safeties past the twenty one season. Right. Yeah. Or going into the twenty one season, I should say. I still don't see a situation that they draft one high though. Well, yeah, it, we're talking about day three picks right now. So day yeah, three day pick, three maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even a linebacker. I mean, there's no really locks for the long term at the linebacker spot besides Jamie Collins for at least now, for at least the next two years. And you got Jelani, Jelani Tavai. Yeah, that's about it. And Iron Malcolm, it's all yours now. Yeah, let's, let's get it. With the first round pick, <laughs> number three overall pick, the Detroit Lions select... Tua Tagovailoa. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh, what are you talking about, man? Please tell me you're fucking with me. What kind of sick shit is this? What the fuck is this? <sighs> I'll complete. I know you love. Uh, I just, I just please. wanted to say that I was just playing. All right, I was just playing. It was a joke. It was a joke. I love him. You know. I- <laughs> no, no, I won't draft him. No, 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 no. Um, I love the kid. You know, I'm a, I'm an Alabama fan, so that's that was my college quarterback. I hope he has a lot of success in the league. I hope he bounced back from his injury, but no, I don't want us to draft him. So my, and for the pick three in the NFL draft, I have the Lions selecting Jeff Okuda. Hopefully, you know, he, he lives up to expectations. He comes in and balls out. I mean, I don't know what else to say uh, enough to say about the kid. He, great man coverage. If everything works out, he'll be that cornerback of the future that we will hold on to for who knows how long, you know? Years so, and years to come. Yeah, years and years to come. So hopefully he's that guy. And that's why I have Detroit Lions selecting at number three. And round two. And round two, this pick. I was happy that this pick landed to me in the, in the simulator, the mock draft simulator, because this guy is my guy. And I've been, ever since I saw his tape, like it, everything about him just says like like he just fits the system so well. Mm-hmm. Like it's either either us New England like I see this guy in one of those uniforms, and that's gonna be AJ Espinosa. And AJ Espinosa um, originally before the combine was rated in the top fifteen, so he was a top fifteen player just based off talent. Um, right. He's very versatile. He can play inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that he had eleven sacks in college. 14 tackles for a loss. So I have him going in round two. In round three, I have Devon Hamilton, the interior line from Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. I think he'll be a good rotational player. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if he'll come in and be the starter on the D-line, but he'll be a good rotational player. And he'll be good at stopping the run. That's what he looked good at in college, stopping the run. Senior Bowl candidate too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, they were. So hopefully he's he's there and um we're able to pick him. I think that'll be a good fit. And then my last pick is Tyler's boy at number eighty five, Joshua Uche. Oh, that's a steal, man. That is a steal. That's a robbery. That's everything. <laughs> I don't know what the hell is there eighty five. I'll just say he that. He was right there. Now. He was there eighty five, and I picked him. All right, so I'm I not gonna think, blame you. <laughs> I mean. He's a guy that will be 
he'll definitely be, he'll definitely play that Devon Kennard role on the team. Mm-hmm. He worked with Patricia in the Senior Bowl, which is a, a big plus. Mm-hmm. So if he's if he's available, I mean I don't see him being there. Like even if we flip flop those picks and maybe have him at sixty seven, I think you know they could get him there as well, and then get Devon Hamilton at eighty five. He could flip flop him, but either way, I mean in the third round, I think Joshua Uche is a hell of value. I don't know if he'll be in the third round, but I do love Uche. I have him going like late one, early two, but getting him at third round, bro. If Quinn could do that. I'd be super happy. Even if they yeah. took him in the second, I'd be super happy too. And the thing is, like, I, I say, I say this every year, anything is possible. Because like right. last year, if we did a mock draft and we said, all right, in the second round we're gonna draft DK Metcalf. Everybody would be like, well, what are you talking? What are you smoking? DK Metcalf is gonna be gone by pick ten, you know? So yeah. So I mean, anything could happen. All right, guys, that's Malcolm and Pierre's picks. We'll do my picks and then we'll get into the Steve Longa interview after this. The Chase Down Podcast presents A City of Champions, a seven-part series chronicling the Cavs' 2016 NBA championship. With help from fans who cheered against us, reporters who covered it, and the players who watched it, we'll take you game by game through the most improbable 3-1 comeback in championship history. Be sure to subscribe to the Chase Down Podcast to relive the greatest series we've seen in our lifetimes. One dribble steps back, puts up a three, won't go, rebound tip taken by Spades, final seconds, it's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. The series begins Thursday, April 9th. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partners, Bet Online, still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. With their online casino, to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE and join today and receive your welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online waging solutions. All right, guys, we are back after the break. And now it's time to do my three-round mock draft, who I got for the Detroit Lions. No trades, obviously. I would love a trade for the Detroit Lions from pick three to five or six, either one of those. But we're not doing trades in this episode. With the third pick in the NFL draft, I have the Detroit Lions selecting Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Bruh. Woo! What? Yep, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is the future quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Stop. Um, Stop. Stop. I'm messing around. I'm messing around. Uh, I got Derek Brown. No, I'm messing around. (laughs) I'm still messing around. All right, no, I forgot. uh, Jeff Okuda. I don't don't even need to explain this pick, honestly. I think it's, you know, I think he's just the best player available at that point. If we're not talking quarterback-wise, I think. Best cornerback I have ever scouted personally coming out of college. I think he has phenomenal footwork. I think he has potential to be a Stephon Gilmore, a potential to be a Jalen Ramsey, a Darius Slade, maybe even better. I think Jeff Okuda is going to be one of the best corners entering the draft in a while. And I'm not sold on the idea of always drafting a cornerback at pick three. And I'm still not 
completely sold on it. But I'll say this. If there is any corner you could select at pick three, I think Jeff Okuda is the guy. Like, Because I haven't, I haven't seen a corner like this. And I think he is definitely worth a top three pick. If they could trade back and somehow get him, I'd be all down for that most definitely. But I'm not disappointed if they select him at pick three as well. So I have him at pick three. At pick 35, and somehow Malcolm's mock draft, he had him at 85. I have him at 35, uh, Josh Uche. I think Josh Uche is a, perf- a perfect Matt Patricia-type linebacker, something he had in New England with Kyle Van Noy. I think he's I a very similar player to what Kyle Van Noy is, but maybe even a better player than what Kyle Van Noy is. But I think they're very similar. Uh, Jack linebacker in the system, plays in the 3-4 I think he could. He has good coverage skills. I think he could rush the passer if needed. Had seven and a half sacks last year at Michigan, and I think he was severely underused or severely wrongly used at Michigan. I think. I agree. I think he sticks in one of those Patriot trees: Miami, Houston, New York, New England, obviously Detroit, Tennessee. Tennessee one of those New England trees. I think he's a perfect fit in that three-four Jack role. He's going to get pressure. He could cover when needed. I love the fit for the Detroit Lions for Josh Uchi there. I kind of had some debate with this pick. Should I go Uchi? Should I go Zach Bond? I had the option of getting either one at pick 35. I don't necessarily think both of them will be there because I think whoever the Patriots pass up on, because I think the Patriots are very possible to grab one of them. I agree. I They were both there on my mock draft. I select Josh Uche. Just a little preference, a little more, but um, I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. I like both of them a lot. At that, I think the value is really good there but i selected josh uche i think he was very wrongly used at the university of michigan so the numbers might not show up there but uh i think he's what we need and something that jack rule he'll get more pressure than what we have had before like in devon Kennard. so i'd be very excited with that pick at 35 with the third round pick the first third round pick i picked 67 i have the line take an interior offense alignment damian lewis from lsu and also another candidate at the Senior Bowl, so, as well as Josh Uche. He worked on the South team with Cincinnati. But the Lions want to run the ball, right? If they want to run the damn ball, Damian Lewis is a plower. He kind of reminds me of who's a very good run plower, but not you know not not Quentin Nelson type. Gabe Jackson's a good example. A good run stu- a good run plower, not the best in pass protection. I could see the Lions grabbing Damian Lewis and kind of like how Pierre mentioned with Hunt, uh, how he has him at right guard. I could see a switch of what I was saying before, Joe Dahl going to that right guard spot, put Damian Lewis to the left guard spot, and just run the damn ball. Damian Lewis is a run plower. I think he he's one of those another player that could be he's a plug-and-play, kind of a Graham Glasgow, Larry Warford guy that's going to step in day one and something the Lions need really badly in this offense. I think that's the position that, they're missing right now is an offensive guard. That's something that they need right now. Dame Lewis, I think, is versatile enough to play both guard positions. So wherever it may be, I think he he'd be a beast, and especially in the run game, which they want to do. They want to get this run game serious. I think he is the man. They signed Vitae. Then you plug in Dame Lewis. You got a good run game. And then with the second third-round pick, this is another senior bowl candidate. The Lions actually worked with him on the north side, uh, Jason Stobridge. I love so, him. Yes. Stobridge is one of those guys that kind of reminded me of Deshaun Hand. So I the agree. Lions selected Deshaun Hand in the fourth round. I think if the Lions had the option, let's say Deshaun Hand was in this draft, I think the Lions would select him at pick 85. I think he 
does almost exactly what Deshaun Hand does. He's versatile. He can play both the defensive end and can play the inside. I look at him more as a defensive tackle to play the inside, kind of like Deshaun Hand. But I look at their numbers and their combine results. Deshaun Hand and uh, Jason Stobridge had essentially like the same numbers, same speed. Yep. You know, it was just it was scary how similar it was. It w- it was actually scary. So, like I mentioned, Deshaun Hand was kind of a rotational type player that got to play. You know, in certain sub packages on third down or whatever, he just needed a pass rusher on at the defensive tackles rookie season. I could kind of see the same thing happening with Jason Stobridge, with Nick Williams, with Deshaun Hand, with your other defensive tackles like Danny Shelton. I think he's just another versatile guy, which something the Lions are missing from that interior line. They're missing a pass rusher. And Nick Williams is solid, had six sacks. Deshaun Hand is solid one playing. I think you had Jason Stobridge have you know three certain packages where. Those guys are not on the field consistently, and you could kind of switch it up a little bit where Deshaun Hand has dealt with injuries. Put Stowbridge in there, limit the snaps to Deshaun Hand, keep him healthy more. You know, you can get some pressure from the defensive tackle spot, right. and he, he, he fits the scheme perfectly. Worked with Matt Patricia at the Senior Bowl, had a good Senior Bowl, had a good practice. I really like the fit for the Detroit Lions. I thought it was very good value at pick 85 for Jason Stowbridge out of North Carolina nice. University. Let me ask you, Tyler, if – if the Lions draft goes that way, the way you the way you had it, do you think it's fixed? The defense or the team? The defense. The team, the defense. Because right now, cause I, know, I know coming into this offseason, you're like, shit, there's so many holes. It's impossible to fix everything. Yeah. Um, if, they, if they draft the way you just drafted just now, is the team fixed? I'm going to say no. But if they trade back, let's say. Let's say they gain more draft capital and could add on to guys that could more be plug-and-play guys. I think it's possible. But just from what I did right now, you got a guard, you got an edge rusher, you got a corner, and you got uh, another defensive lineman. Sorry, defensive tackle. They're good fits. I can't necessarily say it's going to work. I think we need some other guys to step in to say it's going to work. If if some guys on this team take big steps like Jelani Tavai, Deshaun Hand plays like his rookie season, and these guys I mentioned – are plug-and-play day one players and actually have a big impact, which I think they could have. I'm I, I'm optimistic, but I kind of have to see to believe it. But I can't say now, and I don't think I could say in September that this team is fixed. I have to see it to believe it. I have to see some guys take steps for me to believe it. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's very, very possible that the Lions could have four or five, or five starters from this draft class. They need three, I think, at least three. And at least yeah. three, but it's very possible they could have four or five, depending if they do trade. If they trade that first round pick, they had a chance. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think, you, they, I think you need three out of this draft. If they could somehow hit on like a fourth or fifth rounder, kind of like how the Giants hit on that wide receiver last year. He like, what's his name? Shit. The fifth rounder they took, damn it. Oh, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton. So if Detroit can find like that kind of impact player, like not necessarily like a day one starter, but a big contributor. We did like, that last year. Three. Yeah, I mean, kind of. If they Money. can do that, huh? yeah, but, but your first for your first for um, fifth, or, <laughs> like you don't know what they're gonna get out of them. Austin I know. Bryant, I know, like about wide receiver wise, like they took Fulgham, but Fulgham, uh, maybe I'm gonna say wide receiver. If they could find like a wide receiver because they do need a wide receiver. If they could find a wide receiver on day three. That could kind of just come in, not necessarily start, but like when they need him, he he could play. That would be nice, you know. Like I, stop I, taking I, projects, bro. Like Travis. I give up. I, I give up on asking for a fast speed receiver because I, now I'm at a point that I just 
I just understand that's just not going to happen in Detroit. Went like tall receivers that can't yeah. um, separate. I mean, like, I, I, I give up. Kind of like their linebackers. They like slow linebackers. Yeah, they give cover. They're wide yeah. receivers. They don't like speed. I mean, I just want, like, why can't they just draft a guy? They could. Ayuk, yeah. I mean, he's fast. Hamler. Huh. Making a guy like Devin Duvry in day three. Yeah. yeah Ooh, yeah. I like that pick a lot. Yeah. I just hope that they do. I hope they do it, though, man. That's that's the thing, man. Yeah, if we see, get some speed, if we get some speed in that offense, I'll be great. All right, guys. As promised, let's cut it to the Steve Longa interview. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for asking yourself. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. For the Detroit Lions fans that don't know much about you, who is Steve Longa? Oh, that's a hard question. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, Steve Longa is a low-key guy trying to, you know, live in a moment, just trying to have fun and, uh, you know, take care of his people. I hear you, man. Yo, how are you doing with, during the quarantine and everything? Are you staying home? Are you getting your workouts in? Is everything, like, on schedule or things are mad different right now? Oh, it's hard to stay on a schedule and a routine. Uh, everything is different. People, you know, people that I work out with, my trainer, he had to adjust as well. So, you know, we can't, we don't have any facilities that are open. So basically we train outside, run heels, you know, garage workout, but still get a lot of good work. But uh, try to get in as much work as uh, I can during the week. And uh I guess a consistent schedule on like working out four to five times a week, that that is consistent, but the timing is not. Yeah. Okay. And where where are you where are you right now? Are you in Detroit or no, I'm in Jersey right now, back home. Yeah, back home in Jersey? Nice, man. Is it is it really bad up there with the court with the with the virus? Cause I heard like New York is really bad. Is it well, is it really bad in Jersey as well? The number says it is. Uh since we're so close in New York, uh it's I mean, North Jersey and then New York City is, I feel like North Jersey is an extension of New York. So New York is number one with like cases in this and uh, Jersey is right behind them, number two, because there's a lot of commute coming in and out of uh, New York. So that that makes sense. Yeah, Detroit's right. also really bad right now. I think we're like number three or four. So yeah, yeah it was up there. Essentially, everything's closed down like over here. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm down here. I'm down. I'm down here in South Florida, where it's not that bad. And I'm just, I'm just hoping that it doesn't travel down here, because that's where everybody's thinking that's gonna happen. Hopefully, we have all the the laws and stuff shutting down the highway. Because I heard in South Florida, it's not even letting people back, like people in. So no. hopefully that that uh that slows it down. Yeah. Hopefully. Um. So I have a question. So, um, when did you first get into football, and when did you? know that you wanted to go pro uh i first got into football in high school freshman in high school i didn't know i wanted to go pro till late late college maybe my sophomore year my retro sophomore year in college that's when i realized that i had the potential uh to be in a, a professional football player but uh never really crossed my mind till then uh, I was just trying to get better every each and every day. So, so that was your first time playing football, or like first time organized football, organized football, or like your first time just playing? First time being exposed to the game. Wow! Like in every phase, it's like watching it, playing it. Uh, never really knew anything about football till high school, like I said. Wow. So I know you're not from America. So when do uh? When you kind of so high school was when you got into football? Yes. 
Okay. So did you like like any sports growing up? Any like soccer or any other sport? Right. So I'm uh, originally born and raised in Africa, Cameroon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for 12 years, so soccer is like the biggest thing back then. Yeah. So I grew up playing soccer. My dad played professional, so I was as soon as I could walk, I had a soccer ball in the, on my feet, you know. So I came to America and I kept playing soccer till I got into high school. And I, you know, I figured, you know, let me let me just get exposed to everything. Friends that I was hanging out with, they were playing football, so I figured, you know. Uh, get the friendship going, you know, just staying close to them, try the game of football, but still try to play soccer. But that's something that I couldn't manage because both of them were in the same uh, season. So I had to yep. pick and choose between soccer and football. And I chose uh, football just because I wanted to try, but I ended up sticking with it. You're living man. your best American dream right now, man. <laughs> Thank you. I am. All right. Um, how was your time at Rutgers? And like, you obviously paid for Shiano. So how was your time with Shiano as no, well? I actually didn't play for. Oh, Shiano. you did. It's my fault. My fault. Yeah. All right. Shiano recruited me. He recruited uh, you. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that that year, that recruiting class of 2012 didn't actually play for Shiano because he left right before signing day. But I had a great time with Rutgers. Uh, one of the reasons why I decided to stay in Jersey was because of my family and. Uh, I wanted to stay close to them. I wanted my dad to watch me play because we've been apart for five years. And uh, when I came here, I came to high school, so I stayed home. And four years later, five years later, I had to go to college, and I didn't want to go too far. So I kind of wanted him to be around and watch me play. Uh, but when I went to Rutgers with guys that all around Jersey, my recruiting class was full of Jersey cats. Uh, we had a great time. I uh, enjoyed uh, the Rutgers. Uh, the college life and uh, you know play pretty good ball and got a, a good education and uh, I think I made the most out of it. Yeah. So Definitely. you obviously played at the Big Ten. Was there any other like big universities in the Big Ten or SEC? You know anywhere that tried to recruit you? Uh, yes. So I was getting. I started getting recruited my junior year and I committed my junior year. Uh, I really like I said. Uh, I I just really wanted to play for Rutgers. So by the time I committed, I had. Uh, Michigan State that uh, offered me, and uh, that was the second Big Ten school. Northwestern uh, was Northwestern offered me as well, and then once Michigan State offered me, a lot of Big Ten schools started coming in. And by that time, I was like, I just want to go to Rutgers, so I, I shut down the recruitment process and I just committed my junior year. Nice. Yeah. Did, did they try to offer you like some scholarships to try to budge you into leaving Jersey or something like that? Uh, yes, yeah, so they offered me scholarship. I mean, uh, they, they kept trying, but, you know, <laughs> uh, my heart was with Rutgers. And uh, so when they realized that uh, that was really serious, they kind of uh, they, they backed off. But then when Shiano uh, left, uh, it just it became a chaos and everybody just kept coming, like just showing interest, uh, sending letters. Like I remember uh, when Shiano, the news broke out, I had a, a couple scouts actually uh at my high school that morning and i didn't even know it yeah. so i was i was hiding i didn't even like i, I barely went to class i was hiding in the gym because i, I didn't <laughs> know what to do it was just it was crazy it was a crazy time uh but i'm glad i stayed that's nice. awesome man that's awesome so to a professional ball now with detroit you know you were here for jim codwell matt patricia you've been from the practice squad to the 53-man roster, training camp, injuries. Like, you've been through it all, man. So how tough could it be from bouncing from, like, the practice squad to the initial 53-man roster? 
Yeah, the road is not easy. Uh, yeah, uh, you have to you have to be persevering. Um, you have to have a lot of patience. You gotta keep trying. Uh, so if, with me, I just took it one day at a time. Yeah. You know, I had a vision, and I still have a vision. I have a goal of where I want to be, and and that's the thing that drives me. Um, the work is just part of the process, and I enjoy it. It's nothing that's bad, but I know, you know, if I don't give it my all and I don't obtain what I want to like get, you know, whatever that vision is, uh, that when I go to sleep and I close my eyes that I see, if I don't get to that point, am I going to be disappointed? The only way I will be disappointed is if I don't give it everything I have. So I I think that patience is the the biggest factor in in what we do. And every day you just can't be satisfied. You gotta be you gotta go out there every day and just work hard and harder and harder. And eventually something's gonna give, right? Yeah. So from yeah. your from your answer, it doesn't really seem like it. But some guys, you know, they get sick of it, man. Like you know, getting cut, getting back on the roster. Have you ever like just wondered like I just want out of Detroit. I want to go somewhere maybe that values me more and gives me more of an opportunity or something like that. I mean, you when things don't go right, you always feel, you always wonder if somewhere else will be better, right? Yeah. Uh, that's just nature. That's just part of of uh, who we are. Uh, but you know, for the time being, as long as I'm in Detroit, I try to find my way. I try to climb the ladder in Detroit because you know that's where that's my home right now. That's where I am at. So if another opportunity shows up in the future, you know it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. But I can't. I I can't start you know letting myself getting distracted by you know you know like let's say if i'm by not being happy or thinking that you know the place that i'm right now i don't belong there or you know i don't get value so let me start seeing if i should go somewhere else i am in detroit and i have to focus about giving my best and being the best at the moment for detroit for myself for my team and and um, if i leave that place i it's going to be the same thing wherever else i go uh, if i don't think like that i might not be able to give my 100 and then that would you know affect my play and then that that's just another problem of his own that's just a true pro mentality <laughs> right there. great great answer man great that's, that's a great answer bro uh, so what's the best advice you ever got as a as a pro or even in college Oh, what's the best advice? I mean, there's a player, coach, anybody. I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot of people that 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 came in and out my life, you know, that talked to me and gave me advice. But my senior year, going into my senior year in high school, uh, I went to uh, a camp, uh, the Open, out in Oregon. I got invited. Okay. And the coach we had, uh, coach we had. You know, he was he would come in and he would say, if you have a short term memory. So what he meant was, you know, you could have a great play right now, celebrate and forget about it. You know, uh, you have a bad play, you know, brush it off the next play. That's the next the next play. That's next the play. only thing that matters. So he always preached about having short term memory when it came to like, you know, success or failure. So yeah. that's how I look at uh, things, you know happened i got injured boom when i got injured it, it wasn't time for me to start crying about it i realized i got injured and what was the next step the next step was getting better in order for me to get back on the field so i had a short-term memory i got injured all right cool blessing whatever you want to call it i took it thank you god this is going to make me stronger forgot about it and i got back to working that's that's awesome man do you have like a like a mentor that's in the league like when you came in did any guy like veteran like kind of like take you under the wing and that you could kind of lean on 
Like, if you uh, have, like, if you need advice, like, is there any guy you could talk to, like, as far as, like, a vet that's in the league? Absolutely. I have a few people. You know, everybody, uh, I have a few people that I contact or I, I call if I have a, a problem. You know, Theo Riddick. He's Theo Riddick? The guy, he, uh, that's one of the, the realest guys that I've ever met. Uh, you know, whatever it was, you know, being uh, about football, outside of football, life stuff. You know, if I ask Theo a question, he will always, you know, be 100 with me, regardless of how uh, hard it was for me to hear. You know, Theo would be a great, like, was a great mentor for me. Awesome. When I first got in the league, uh, when I was in Seattle, KJ Wright is another guy. KJ, you know, tried to take me under his wing for the time I was there. And, and just, uh, I remember one time I was struggling with, like, the concept of, of the the defense over there and he took me in the defensive uh, in the linebacker room and he said he just set up canes he's like listen it's not that complicated if you see the motion goes from here to here just bump one gap he's like that's that's all you got to do in there who was in it for literally 20 minutes next day like i just dramatically like my play just dramatically like increased and i just started seeing it just with cages just taking 20 minutes out, out of his day to just show me how to to view the defense and just broke it down, you know. So I would say right now, Theo already would be one of the guys that I would reach out to and call if I had any question about anything uh, football related, NFL league, or even life. Nice, it's awesome. So uh, this is kind of like a I know you're a defensive player, obviously special teams player, but people always talk about Matthew Stafford's leadership, and you know you being with him for four years now. I mean, I'm just kind of curious what. What would you say Matthew Stafford's leadership is? I think uh, Matthew Stafford is uh, he his action speaks louder than his words. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the leader of the locker room and a guy like him. When you see him go to battle for the team, the way he goes to battle every Sunday, you know you got you know if you, if you don't uh, give the same energy and you don't reciprocate what he does, you're cheating yourself because uh, he won't he don't talk much. He he talks. You know, says what he has to say and just goes. He goes to work, and the way he goes to work, you just, you know, it's just amazing. It's beautiful, and then, and if you want to be a great, you just gotta shut up and just go to work. <laughs> yeah, just lead by example. Exactly. Speaking of um, another leader, obviously Jared Davis is part of your room, and like fans have criticized his play on the field, but how is he like off of the field, like in the meeting rooms? How is he as a leader? Jared is a is a cool, genuine dude. Uh, he He's the kind of guy that will always extend his arm to help people. Uh, so uh, I love the kid, and, and and he's a great guy to have in the locker room, always positive energy, you know. Uh, and obviously he's a vocal leader, but uh, he's, he's, he's another guy that leads by example. That's, you will never see his motor run down. Like, he's always on the go. He's like an energized bunny. Yeah. All right. Um, what are your thoughts on the new CBA that just passed? Well, I think uh, there's some positive in the CBA, you know. Uh, uh, they're, they're, I think it is good for players like myself. Uh, right. You know, the, the, you know, we get a little bit more money, uh, minimum goes up a little bit more, and then we have a little bit more benefit when it comes to our health insurance. You know, there's a lot of uh, you know, uh, uh, details in, in the CBA, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, if that's the best we could have gotten, you know, that's that's good. Right. So uh, I'm not trying to force in any answer, but did you vote yes or no? And you yeah. don't. 
there. That's yeah. my vote. I'm with That's you. Yep, you don't you don't have to say. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people are vocal about it. Some people kept low about it, and I understand either way. Yeah, both ways. So um, obviously, I mentioned earlier on the top, you played for under Coach Caldwell's staff. You played under Coach Patricia's staff. So from when they fired Coach Caldwell in 2017, Patricia coming in from New England in 2018, how was the transition from the locker room, and how did the players feel about it personally? Uh, the transition uh, has been a tough road. You can see the, the you know, this, well, the, the, the record our, our record hasn't really showed any positive sign, you know, because it has been a tough transition as a coach. You know, it's hard. You know, any you know, as a player, for me to do my job, it is very challenging. So I can't even speak about a coach job because his is on a different level. The things that he has to deal with and go through with each and every day, it, it's you know, it's something that he himself knows, you know, and, and can battle with it. But obviously, it hasn't been good. We haven't been producing, and and I'm pretty sure there's some frustrations in the locker room, but. Like to be optimistic. Hopefully, this year we get to show exactly what we're about because uh, Patricia, everybody knows he's a he's a smart guy. You know, he can talk football. You know, break it down position by position. You know, once he sits, he stands up there in front of us. You know, he knows exactly what he's talking about from like the littlest detail, hand position and stuff. But at the end of the day, we have to win football game, and that's just not on Coach Patricia. I think that's on all of us. Because yeah. at the end of the day, when you look at the record, you don't just judge one person. You would judge the whole team, the Detroit Lions. When you say Detroit Lions, it's all of us. So comparing Matt Patricia's rookie seasons in 2018, how much has he changed in 2019? Uh, I think he has made some changes. He he realized, you know, he self-evaluated like everybody else does and uh, realized some of the things that he had done well and some of the things that he hasn't. You know, I got hurt halfway through uh, camp, you know, uh, so I can't. When he came in, you know, me, boom, guy on a bubble, just trying to do the best that I can because I, I want to show that I could do. I could be, I am part of this uh, league. I am good enough to play, you know, special teams or linebacker if that's where I'm needed. So, well, unfortunately, I got hurt. But when I came back, I used to ask questions like, how's it going? Like, I mean, definitely can't was not as brutal from what I heard as, as the year before. But uh, I don't have much of, you know, uh, a sample size for me to compare one year to another because I was only part of it for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get you. All right. Um, so with, like, team captains and big-name stars like Quandre Diggs, Darius Slay, Snacks Harris, and Devon Kennard being traded or released, how does that affect the locker room? Is it like business as usual, or do you guys kind of be like, wow, they actually did that? How how, mm-hmm. how does the locker room react? You will be you you will be shocked because you know the way the way the the management might view the team might not be the same way the players view the team. Yeah. Uh, so as a player, if I have a good relationship with my buddy and I feel like we are, you know, we got chemistry and he is not there the next day, of course I'm going to feel like, what's going on? You know, right. uh, 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 so so there are some some moves that were made and then some people weren't happy. Some players maybe like, you know, weren't happy because we had built a camaraderie. And, and those are guys that you feel like, you know, for the captain, he's gone tomorrow. But at the end of the day, there is what, 36 turnaround a locker room each and every year is what, 36 percent. Right. So, yeah. 
I might be here today, I might not be there tomorrow. So I, I, I sometimes I have to be able to to uh, separate my feelings from from the business side and and, and understand. Okay, well that that did this maybe this don't make sense in my opinion, but who am I to go up there and criticize? You know, I just gotta make sure I do my job and I play my game. And yeah. if I don't do that, I'm not gonna be there the next day. Right. Yeah, man. Um, so the Lions signed Reggie Ragland, Elijah Lee, and I think some other linebacker or Jamie Collins. Right? Jamie Collins. Does that give you more motivation? Like, oh shit, I got some competition. Does that motivate you, or like, damn, they did that? Uh, how does that make you feel? Well, how does it make you feel? I mean, me being, I've been with the Lions going to my fifth year, and every single year there have been at least two new linebackers that get added to the locker room, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the motivation part, I don't need any more motivation than what I came in with. Uh, it, it happens, and I'm just there. I'm all right. Well, I just got to prove myself again every year, just like anybody else. But that I don't need that for motivation. I already wake up with so much motivation that even if they add ten new linebackers in the locker room, that doesn't affect me at all. <laughs> yeah. So I got some of them that are my friends. You know, most of them are my friends. Reggie, I. And uh, I met Reggie when we got the combine, you know. Uh, so when he came in, I was excited that he came in. We get to, to compete and we get to learn from each other. He got a different game than I do. So I get to watch his game and learn and take some out, some nuances that I might add into my game. And then if there are things that I feel like it doesn't belong in my game, you know, don't. But for motivation, I don't, I don't need that for motivation. So why number 54? Is, is it like special to you or you just chose it to choose it? Number 54. Well, why number 54? You know, so coming into uh, the NFL, first I wore number three in college. That didn't, you know, I just wanted number three. I was there, so I thought I was five. <laughs> <laughs> is there a reason why you wanted number three or is it just well, uh, well, so the reason why I wanted number three, really, because... Uh, I was 23 in high school. Oh. One of my my close close friends, you know, I, I consider my best friend, was number 34 in high school. He got he broke his neck, and uh, for the last two games of the season, my senior year, I wore his number. So I wanted a number that represented him, and that also like you know had some kind of thing to do with my high school number and the common denominator was three. So I got three, but once I got into the league, I, man, I was in Seattle. I probably had like two numbers in Seattle, came to Detroit, fell on 58. And then uh, Paul Warlow won in 58. So I gave him 58. And uh, But I always admired the Andre Levy game. Okay. Oh, yeah. I always admire his game, man. I hear Whitehead, you know, uh, his last year in Detroit, when when I was, you know, doing so, when I was uh, practicing, I was having a good campaign. <laughs> he used to say some things and say some things like I remind him of him. But and and I always took it as, you know, uh, I never, you know, if if I am able to play as good as DeAndre Levy, I think that is, you know, a, a huge blessing for me because I believe that he. He was one of the most instinctual linebackers, and you know, fast. He was he was just good. So, uh, 54. You could say that I, I probably stole it from Levy because I try to. Uh, ever since I I started watching him coming out of college, I always felt like there were some similarities between me and him. 
So I figure, you know, if we're at 54, let's you know, keep that going and represent. It's awesome, yeah. yeah. DeAndre's awesome. one of the most yes. underrated linebackers in the league, in my very, opinion. Very, very, yeah. very, 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 very underrated. Very. It's mind blowing that he never made a Pro Bowl. Like I don't, I don't understand, but they need to fix the way these guys are entered the Pro Bowl because he definitely deserves, definitely should have went to the Pro Bowl when he was in the league. Yeah. I, guess, I think it's a fan vote, ain't it? It is a fan yeah. vote, but I just, I just don't get it, like. Some people like, have, don't know football. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what am I gonna sit here and start arguing with somebody that has that has no knowledge of what I do? I cannot yeah. go into you know your workplace and try to argue with you about your job that I have no idea. You know, I'm just they should do just it. Look at me and ignore me. They should do it like the top hundred. They should let the the, the players they, they should let the players vote. Exactly, the players, the coaches, the ones that actually know the game. Them the yeah. ones. You know, that those are the people, your peers, you value the opinion of the peers more than anybody else because they exactly. understand the grind. They understand what it takes to be great. Yeah, right. They should. Steve, right. I appreciate you joining us again. It was a it was a pleasure getting to know you a little more. And mm-hmm. I hope uh, you kill it this camp. You know, like we mentioned, you got some competition. But you, like you said, you know, competition don't scare you. So best yeah. of luck to you this, this uh, spring, summer, whenever it is. Hopefully we have football this year. Uh, hopefully, now it'll yeah, be. Uh, I can't imagine us not I'll, having football. <laughs> I would cry. I would cry every night. I would I, cry I, every single I, night. I don't think you'll be the only one that cry. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck with you in camp this year. If there's a camp, and keep killing it, man. Year five, big year for you, man. Best of luck. Right. I'm you, luck. Man. You're definitely a true pro, man. You're a true pro, hundred percent. You're definitely a true yeah. pro, man. Um, your answer's been on point. Um, the best of luck to you. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for having me here take part of uh, y'all podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate y'all. Ain't no, no problem, man. Appreciate you joining, man. Thank you. All right, guys. That is a wrap to episode 94 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys all enjoyed our analysis of our personal three-round mocks. Again, this was a simulator, so... You know, we don't always think this is how it's going to go, but it is what it is. And we took whoever's there if we like them at that spot. So um, I hope you guys all enjoyed and leave some suggestions what you guys want us to do before the draft. You know, we still have a little time before the draft. You know, give us some ideas of what type of episode you guys want. You know, shoot us a DM, a comment, whatever. But that's all I got for you guys. I am out. All right, guys, before I let you go, make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the support. Thank you, and I am out. Oh, stay safe, wash your hands, and yeah. All right. Um, all right, everybody, it's your boy, Malcolm. Again, we have a voicemail systems open. Call. You can leave a voicemail. I got a question, uh, one event, want to talk about anything we want to talk about. Just give us a call. Um, that number is 313-355-3116. And I'm out. It's your boy, Malcolm. Peace.